G'day and welcome to the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners with language learners for language learners. My name is Glenn and I'm the owner and director of the Australians Teach English podcast. And I looked at my diary today and I said, Struth, Struth, it's November already in Australia. Where, yeah. It, it's. Oh wow! I know, I know. In wow. in 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 Australia or where where we are in Argentina, it's it's almost summer. Or in some some parts of our countries, it's it already feels like summer some days. And we're coming to the end of the year. How how did things happen so quickly? I don't know, and I don't where, know if where, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, where did this year go? So to help me answer these questions and more today is my lovely co-host, Ariana. Hello, Ariana. Hi, Glenn. How are you today? I feel a lot better. A lot better. A lot I better than better. When, when we were better, talking. Better. When we, <laughs> yeah, better. <laughs> better. <laughs> so when we, when we were pardoning our French in our, in our last episode. So when I, yeah. so when I said struth there, Oh, it's November. It's truth. What did you think of? Like uh, the, the, this S word, like. You thought it was a bad word? Um, no, but something like that. Like it has like the same in, uh, intention. You say. Like, like what kind of intention do you think? Um, like, wow. I'm so surprise is already november like an exclamation yeah something like that it is that's a, that's exactly what it is so so when when do you think we might we might use this word this expression struth um um struth i don't know the water is boiling maybe Maybe it could Maybe. be a good one. We would tend to we would tend to use truth when it is a surprise, hmm. or when so, or when something is is shocking. So someone someone might tell us a story and we might say truth. Oh, when something is like okay, sh shocking. Yeah, when something is shocking, when something is a real a real surprise. Hmm. But this is this is kind. This is this is not how this word actually started as you can imagine we we use contractions and and join words together and things like this all the time in australian english so mm. where do you where do you think this actually came from do you have any ideas any guesses mm, i think that it's like sounds like scottish or something <laughs> it could it be sounds scottish it could actually it could actually be but in in actual fact, this is this is the result of contracting God's truth into struth. So instead God's of truth, yeah. Uh, so instead of instead of having this as two syllables, we have then gone very lazy and turned this into one syllable. So originally, originally this would have been two words with an apostrophe. We would have had gods with an apostrophe, an S, and then truth. But 
in a straight in classic Australian fashion, we have merged this into one syllable, struth. Okay. And how do you spell it? Well, there is no real agreed spelling for yeah, this one. Yeah, because it's like a slang. Yeah. But we would we would probably spell this S T R E W T H. That would that's yes. how I've seen it written. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's how I've seen Got it, it But you could probably also write it like truth just with a with a with an S at the start okay. of it. It's just like truth with an S at the start. That's how it sounds. That's how it sounds. Okay, yeah. great. So this this great. is an this is another complication, not just when we're talking about ex expressions and slang, but also when we're talking about contractions in the English language. This can mm -hmm. become a little bit of a problem. How do we know what someone is actually saying? How do we know, how do we write something when it doesn't sound correct when we say it? All of these things are quite difficult for English learners. Yeah, you know, a uh, thing that's quite difficult for me is to separate the words in syllables in English. They, they, they are very weird and it's it's was always really difficult for me. I don't know why would I like to to do that, but I was never able to. Yeah, so so there are there are particular sounds when when they are con contracted that become very very difficult mm -hmm. for for learners to understand and even for for people for even what we would call native speakers to speak them. A cl a classic one is when people write would of as would the w would word of. and then of instead of have because when we actually say this it sounds like would have but that is actually the contracted form of would have mm. so this is this is something that is a repeating theme in learning english the written version of english is different from the speaking and the listening version of English. Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and so my, my advice uh, to the learners out there is, is when you are actually writing is don't contract. Understand that when you are speaking or when you are listening, it will sound different to how it is written. But to maintain the correctness and the formality in your writing is to avoid the contractions, avoid mm. the apostrophes that will make, make sure that the way that you form sentences and the structures is, is more accurate. Yeah. So I know that at the moment you might, you, you've started a new job. Yes. And so you're having to write emails in English. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm totally struggling with that. So I, I, I don't know what what to. <laughs> so I don't you... know what to do with that. <laughs> well, it's difficult well, for me. We're 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 here to help you, and we're here to help the listeners out there who experience these identical problems. So so when you are writing an email in English, what is what are some of the common common things that you think you get wrong, or what are the common challenges that you have? Mm, first, like 
knowing how to start or how to, to finish the email. And then uh, you see in this uh, contractions, no, contractions, <laughs> no, they're not contractions, they're connectors. Connectors, the conjunctions, the similar Conjun word. Conjun conjunction. Yep. Wow. Anyway, uh, those, uh, they are very difficult for me to, to use them and they are really useful for, for writing. And yes. I would like to, to improve that. I always say that I need to improve my writing. I have never done anything for improving it, <laughs> but I still need to. And we always talk about it and then you never get, you're always too busy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm always too busy or. I mean, th th that is because you are studying as, as well. You've got your own degree to worry about and you do plenty of writing for that. So, I mean, that is, that yeah. is very understandable. That, and that... Apart, apart from that, it's not okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, because uh, here is aparte de eso. Mm -hmm. like, well, apart from that, uh, it's very difficult to just know how to write in Spanish. It took me, it, it took me like... Um, two or one or two years of being at university and being writing all the time uh, the exams that they gave me for like homemade let's say How did yeah you do? yeah yeah so so this is so this is actually something that we find when when we prepare students for for the exams whether it's the IELTS the FCE the PTE whatever it is it's it's not just that we're having to teach people to to write in English is that we're actually having to teach people just to write. Right. Yeah, totally. You need to know how to write. And that's really, really difficult. You don't, you don't know how to write uh, after, no, before, sorry, before you start doing it. You yep. just need to start doing it. Yeah. And, and, and writing has, I'm not exactly sure. Well, it has, I do, I do know why, because I would like to write a lot more than what I do, but write uh, writing has a, seems to have a more psychological element than the other the other language skills for whatever whatever reason i i guess because it's something that you produce physically it's an actual uh, sort of objective reality or presentation of something that you know so people have a lot more trouble with writing than say speaking because, yes. no one, because no one's there sitting there going, well, maybe they are when we're doing this podcast, but maybe pe people, aren't, people aren't sitting there evaluating every single word that you say like they are when, when, you, when you're writing or that's at least how you feel. So do you have any mm -hmm. advice that you've learned from your writing at university that could help other people? Because I do, but I want to hear um... your opinion first. I don't know. I just try to read things a lot, read a lot, and be conscious about what you're reading and how is it written. And well, that that's that would be my advice. I started like doing that. You need to you need to have like a, some something in mind to like a structure for for starting to write. I usually do that for my exams. I made like a, a, and an introduction well obviously a body and then well a conclusion but beyond that um each paragraph is an idea yeah and each sentence is also it has to be uh, like 
connected. It has to have a sense. It had to have a sense and it had to be connected with the other. So if you try to respect that, I think it will be like not so bad. Your, your, Excellent. Your that, that, is, that is brilliant advice. I was going to actually say that. That is, that is my number one advice. Yeah, we are and, connected. <laughs> good. Well, what's, what's, the, what's the expression? Good, good minds think alike. But something yeah. or others about dull minds never differ or something like this. But, <laughs> but anyway, one, one trick that I used when I was writing my thesis, for example, I think um, when, when, I was fin- when I was finishing my thesis, I was also working as a researcher. And I think I, as, as well as my thesis, I published three or four articles at about the same time. And I managed to write something like 80,000 or 100,000 words in three or four months. It was, it was ridiculous the amount that I eventually was able to write mm. just by implementing a few strategies that I received from, from other people. And one of, the, one of the best strategies that I received was when you have something new to write, speak it, say the first thing that comes to your mind. And then write it down exactly as you say it, as your first sentence mm, when you're yeah, writing. It would be. And that way you express the most important idea. And that way you ha- already have it on the page. And then you can follow everything else that you write back to that first idea. And it takes away the fear of staring at a, at a blank page. I found that perhaps the most effective piece of advice that I ever got in terms of, in terms of writing. Yeah, it could be. It's a good one. And then when we come back to these connectors, we have connectors or conjunctions within sentences. So we have things like, and, but, et cetera, you know, the common, the common ones, or, Mm. but then we have connectors that can often start sentences as well. So you might use what you what you did before on the other hand, mm. or besides this, or whereas, moreover, mm. all of these words that that can you you can use to connect your idea that you're writing in that sentence back to the first sentence that you used. Yes, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, are there any like are there, are, there, are there any other difficulties that you have with your emails? I think maybe the apostrophes and the contractions and things like that. No, that's not, a, that's not a pretty, like, a, I'm not struggling with that, the apostrophes and all those stuff. Uh, I mean, with contractions, I don't. I just try to say it and write it. And I said, I'd like, I said that, D is for would. Well, word. I would yeah, like, I, and I say like. I, I have to realize what I'm saying yeah. um, because if the words just blow up. Yep, that 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 that's why I would recommend at least at least people to to start with is to write is to write things in full. So the dirt, the contracted dirt, is a classic. In so if I was to write to you, I'd say I'd like, but for practicing it's probably actually better to say i would like because that way you eventually understand what that dirt stands for what that dirt represents hmm. whenever you're writing it but also understand that when you hear it i wouldn't say i would 
I'd say I'd. It's an important distinction to, to realise. It's true. Yeah. So coming coming back to these apostrophes and these conjunctions, we've actually been speaking a little bit about words coming in to English recently. An apostrophe is one of those words. Do you know where apostrophe actually comes from? Um, I think it comes from French. It, it comes from French. Yep, straight. That's a lot of words. I'm always on fire. <laughs> Except last episode. Let's just forget about that episode. It was totally off. <laughs> so so we have we have a lot of other French words. Truth, yeah, you were. So we have a lot of other French words that come come back into English as well. Facade, fiance, spouse, court. Yeah. All of these, all of these words yeah. as well. Faux pas. Juice. Ballet, or in Spanish you would say ballet, or buffet, buffet, as they like to say, as they yeah. like to say. So, um, uh, now I can't think of any of them. Uh, choose. That's that's the one that like shocked me. Which one? Choose. Choose. Okay, and that is actually um, a difficult sound to make for a lot of people, probably because it comes from French. Yeah. The, yeah. You. I want to know what, what do you English speakers struggle with in your language? For example, in Spanish, a lot of people can't uh, see the difference between I, I, and I. The, the, there's an expression, well, the a verb, and like a saying where something is, something like that. Well, um, a lot of people struggle with that in Spanish. Don't exactly know what you're talking about there, but we do know that <laughs> we do we do we do know that I struggle with the sea enemy, the sea and the enemy. Well, but, but that, you don't struggle anemone. with uh, like those words. For example, um, you know Spanish. I said, "Ay, se me cayó algo." For ah. example, mm-hmm. and you you say, uh, "Dónde está el baño?" Ahí. Ahí. And then you Ay, yeah. ask the waitress something. And she says, "Ay de pollo," from the the verb. Yeah, that, there is. A ver. So a lot of people struggle with that and know, don't know how to write each of them because they sound really similar and they have an H and they have a Y yeah. and they have well, all those stuff. I want to know what do you struggle with? I, I know you struggle with the apostrophes yeah. uh, in the possessives. Yes, I've seen a lot of those, but I don't know with which. Other thing, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I'm not actually sure. It's a good, it's a good question. Like irregular plurals are another good one. So instead of instead of um, like children, young learners might say children's or women's instead of women's. Oh, children's peoples. I always peoples. say peoples. For yep. example, but. Yeah, so so often it is actually it is it is often the the things that language learners struggle with. It's often the same things that the so-called native speakers struggle mm-hmm. with. So, for example, m- most most English speakers wouldn't know what the present perfect tense is. For for example, and mm-hmm. and probably a lot of English learners struggle or struggled with this as well but if you if you talk to 90 percent 
of native English speakers, they won't, they won't have a clue what you are talking about when you start talking about past participles or auxiliary verbs, blah, blah, blah. They won't have a clue. And so, yeah. but yes, it is the things like the possessives, the apostrophes, the contractions that do, that are difficult for, for English learners to master. These are the same things that are difficult for native English speakers to master as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. um, I also remember that you said, for example, that I, when you remember that I had this problem with, uh, with past and questions that I used to say, uh, were you, I don't know, I, I can't think of any example right now, but were you, I don't know, oh, was it cooked or something like that? Ah, so, um, so, so using, using more of the, the simple past than, for example, using the auxiliary verb do in the past. So, so, forming, yeah. so forming questions using, using did is much more common with native English speakers than it is using the simple, the simple past. This is, this is something that does conf confuse people as well. The other, yeah. the other thing that I was just thinking there is, is how to construct hypotheticals as well. Uh, you mean like uh, the conditionals and all those stuff? Yeah. So, for, for example, if I were. So, people might say, if I was you. But the correct construction of that is, if I were if you. If I were you. Although this is this is changing because most languages have a trajectory to go towards to evolve towards what is the easiest way to do things, and there isn't. If, if I say if I was you, you you know that I can't be you. You automatically know that that is a hypothetical. So no, no one is really going to. No one is going to say, oh, you said that incorrectly. I don't understand what you mean. Because most English speakers will use them interchangeably as well. They won't notice the difference. Okay. But it is, yes, condi conditionals. <laughs> conditionals and hypotheticals and these, these advanced topics, possessives, apostrophes, mm -hmm. contractions, the common things that English learners struggle with are the things that English learners struggle with in general. Yeah, that's why sometimes it makes me laugh when people here ask for uh, some native, random native to, <laughs> to teach them the language. And I say, hey, I could, I, I'm not able to teach anyone Spanish because I, I don't, I don't even know how do I speak Spanish. But <laughs> um, you say, hey, he's, there are a lot of people out there totally specialized and they've studied the English language and they can speak and they can tell you all the grammatical stuff yeah. better than some random native. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. So, so some, if someone actually wants gra grammar lessons, you, you're probably actually better off not with a native speaker for the reasons that I told you before. Mo yeah. most, most native speakers won't be able to, they won't even know what the present perfect tense is. <laughs> they won't be able to tell you. They won't be able to tell you how to form a conditional. 
but a lot of English learners will. They might not have a, a, an accidental pronunciation that is 100% correct or whatever, but the grammar will be a lot better. And yeah. so, so when, when I've done my, my English teaching studies and, and I've studied with, with, with non-native English teachers, it is true. They know the grammar rules better than most native speakers because they've had to learn them. Yes, totally. Whereas, whereas we're learning them for the first time. It's just like if you were to start teaching Spanish, you would, yeah, have, you, you would have to learn the grammar rules of Spanish to be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, and that, I don't want to do that. Not again. <laughs> uh, I had to do that at school and I won't. Yeah, but, but it's, it's often the case that you don't learn about your own language until you study another language. This is yeah, something that totally. almost everyone says. Yeah, it's true. And so, so it, it's like it's like you you start learning one language and you go, "Struth, is that what Struth? Is that what my language is like? Is that is that how my language is different? Struth, how would I say this in a different language? Struth, what does this actually mean when I say I'd? All of these little things that you've never actually thought about. All these little things are shocking to you. They just Bump, bumped out, you say? Pardon? You say bumped out, like they went went out. Of your brain. Of yeah. my brain. <laughs> every, every time I learn something new, something old falls out the other, the other side of my ear. That's what, that's what happens these days. <laughs> so are there, any, are there any other final comments about writing or conjunctions or contractions that you would like our listeners to know about no no i don't i don't really know <laughs> all righty i th i think this we've actually given them some really handy tips about about writing writing yeah uh, we did and and some and some valuable strategies to learn and truth it is november And I am I am going on a holiday next week that I'm that I'm looking very much forward to. I'm going to the the north of Argentina to Los Los Esteros de Ibarra, one of the most famous wetlands in the world. So you probably see some capybaras. I'm hoping to see some capybaras, and <laughs> and maybe even some jaguars. I think we actually go to one of the re rewilding places here. So this is a place where they actually do captive breeding for very rare endangered animals and they re-release them into the wild. Oh, great. So, nice. That's very good. Yeah, so I'm very, very, very excited about this little holiday. <laughs> I desperately need it as <laughs> well. As, as, a lot, as a lot of us do as we start coming to this time of the year, we start saying, Struth, where did this time go? So, hey, from, yes. so from us here at the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners, with language learners, for language learners, it's us saying goodbye. Bye-bye. For more information about the Australians Teach English Institute, go to australiansteachenglish.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Australians Teach English.